is Jetstream Jack, and you're listening to the most preem podcast there is, the SWN Podcast. I mean, where else are you going to find out who your favorite wrestlers dinosaurs are? Only here. Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy. I am joined uh, this edition, because uh, we're doing two week, uh, by the master of memes himself, Webby, Alex Webb. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed your, your YouTube videos for that long, and and uh, actually I've seen you wrestle a few times as well, so I'm, I'm really glad that you, you agreed to be honest, to be honest, you got more YouTube uh, subscribers than than I do. So really, you're doing me a favor. Uh, that's, that, that's that's just uh, I have no clue why uh, I'm not funny. So well, you, you say all the, all the all the funniest people don't think they're funny. So that, that's that's a bit of modesty on your part, uh, right? So the first question, same question as always: How did you get into pro wrestling? And you're going to make me feel really old. I can just feel it. <laughs> I'm only twenty. I'm twenty three. Like I, it's, that's not that bad. <laughs> Um, but I feel like for me, it's a bit different because a lot of people have like a definitive moment where they were like, yes, I've seen big sweaty men fight. Now I want to be a big sweaty man and fight other big sweaty people. But for me, I kind of have like several different kind of bits where I was like, where I seen wrestling. I was like, oh, I really like that. The first thing that comes to mind was, um, I think it was, I went down to my granddad's in air. Uh, I think we went, I think this must've been like 2006 ish. And he was like a huge wrestling fan. And I never had, like, seen wrestling. I never really paid much attention to it. Just not, wasn't something I was, like, interested in. So I would have been about eight years old, I think. And um, so I went up there, and I think SmackDown was on. Like, you know how I used to play on Sky Sports? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my granddad, my uh, granddad has it, had it. And he, um, what, so he was like, oh, you want to watch wrestling? I was like, sure. I, I was eight. I didn't really know. <laughs> sure. Um, so he put it on. I think like the first like kind of thing I seen was uh, it was book it was King Booker versus Rey Mysterio, and I think uh, Booker T had just won the uh, World Heavyweight Championship from him, and like it was re- and like it was just it sucked me in seeing all this. I think it was like a storyline there as well, where like Ken Kennedy had like had a bit of his head like kicked open or something like that, or maybe I might be talking out my arse. That's something I can remember. Um, and there was, um, yeah, it was just like seeing, seeing Rey Mysterio, King Booker, and seeing how invested my granddad was in it. I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. This is really interesting. Uh, and I just kind of like got sucked in from there. I, but then afterwards, I kind of didn't really keep up with it, didn't really watch it until I picked up the games. And I think if, you, if you've watched my YouTube or anything like that, you can kind of tell that like the games is where a lot of my passion came from. I think I said in one of my, in, like, my very first video, it was like, um, like my love of wrestling really came from playing, uh, I think it was SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. Because um, it was just, yeah, I, I know. I think, so I think like seeing, like seeing wrestling 
uh, and seeing like watching WWE kind of got me invested in like the characters and the pageantry and all like the over the top antics of it. But playing the games kind of like made me a lot more invested in like the moves and like how stuff looks and like the actual matches, if that makes sense. Uh, and I think from there afterwards, like I, this is so over the place. I think from there uh, I got to like, I want to say I just put on Sky Sports, like I put on Sky Sports and I started watching Superstars. But the very first thing I can remember is like it was a special on Edge. Uh, he was just coming back from the Rumble 2010, which is really weird considering he just came back in the Rumble 2020 last year. Um, but yeah, I think that's where I kind of was like, right, I'm watching this now. I'm really invested in it. And I just kind of snowballed from there up until the point where I am now. The, I guess you could call me a wrestler. So, yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think Joe Henry said in the past, as soon as you take away, you're a pro wrestler. So uh, I, I'm hoping that you, you, that you class yourself I, as pro I, wrestler I, I out of that. <laughs> I take a wage, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you're a pro wrestler. Um, so yeah, 2006, that's fine. I don't feel super old then. I had her and this guy on. She's like 17 or something like that. And her first memory was something really recent. I was like, uh, oh, God. When I, <laughs> when I listen to some of the younger guys and I'm, and they tell me like, oh, I started watching in like, like 2012. I'm like, am I old now? <laughs> what is going on? Well, someone that started I, in 1998. Yes, I am old. So <laughs> I'll do that. But thirty, it's fine. It, it, it kind of correlates the same kind of uh, age and time. So King Booker and and Rey Mysterio. So that was a very interesting time to come in because I was just post Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio stuff. Yeah, it was a weird I time. I, was it? Was it not like I think Eddie like cost Ray the um, the World Heavyweight Champion? I have no clue. I'm, I might be talking on my arse, but I think Eddie, Eddie Eddie died at that point. <laughs> So Eddie died in 2005, and that's how Rey Mysterio won the Rumble in 2006 because he was doing it for Eddie. Was it? Would it have been Chavo by any chance? Then? It was Chavo. <laughs> yes, it was. Edit out. Edit out. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. That we'll keep that one in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. That that was the whole thing. But yeah, that was the whole summer as well. It was uh, Chavo and, and Ray. Yeah. Uh, it was a very uncomfortable. Now that I'm looking back on it, um, it's a, it was a very uncomfortable time in wrestling. Uh, but I was having the same chat with Jason Hyde where we were speaking about right about the same time actually. Edge becoming the champion and doing the live sex celebration. At the time, I was 16 and thought it was incredible. At 30, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, especially like if you hear like Edge and Lita like talk about it and like how uncomfortable they were, and then Vince was like, "You have to be naked underneath the covers," and I'm like, "Oh no!" Yep, it was one of the few times I watched Raw live. What a time to do it uh, <laughs> for that. Anyway, so how did you go from that point of watching wrestling? So you had a, a four year of of just playing the games and not really properly watching to actually go back to watching it. How did you go from what 2010? To we debuted in twenty seventeen according to Cage Match the Germans. So how did yeah. you get to the actual training part of well, wrestling? I I was I was really and I was really I really liked wrestling. And I always told mum, oh don't worry, I'll never do it because she would she'd be scared in case I'd hurt myself as the fragile little boy I am. But um, no, so I think I started looking up where places were nearest to me, and obviously the the school in Dundee was closest to where I was. Um, and I think I got to the point where I had finished high school and I was just starting college and I wasn't really doing anything with my time. I was kind of like, as any 18 year old was, I was just kind of like going out with my mates, uh, drinking, having, having a good time and whatnot. But I think I was like 
I was getting to the point where I was like, I was a bit bored of what I was doing. Uh, I wasn't really doing much. I was like, I just started college and, to, and I wasn't really, I don't want to say I wasn't investing it because I'm still doing it. Like I'm just on my final bit of the degree right now, but it was kind of something I wasn't as interested in at the time. So I was like, I need something to do. And I always said I wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, and I always said I wanted to like do something with it or at least give it a go. So I think I finally, uh, in like 2016, I want to say like October, November time, I might be a bit wrong on that, but that's when I was like, right, I'm going to go do it. So I messaged, messaged the school and literally they were like, oh, we have an induction like tomorrow. And then you, like, it's, you can't come until like uh, next year. So I was like, screw it, I'll go over. So the next day I got on the train, went down and I think I really kind of, I really enjoyed it. Uh, do, like, because it wasn't like anything drastic or anything. It was like set goes and whatnot, uh, fighting stance, that kind of stuff to begin with. And I think from and I think from there, I was like, oh, I, I, I kind of really enjoy it, really enjoy it. And I think kind of just kept on going from there, and I kept on uh, training and training and training until obviously I ended up debuting in 2017. Yeah. Uh, so how long was it from you actually training think- to debut? I, I personally, uh, looking back at it now, I think I debuted way, way too early because I think it was only like four months until I, until I was like, right, you're on the show, have fun. Uh, and like, because like, I'll go back and I'll watch that debut match and I'll be like, for, for, for four months, it's, it's all right. But I feel like, I feel like with only four months of like actual training, I should have been like, not debuted as quickly if that makes sense because i don't think i was particularly ready to start wrestling on shows i feel like feel like i should have been like kept a little bit longer if that makes sense to like um to just like hold my craft i want to say so i wasn't as like rusty absolutely i think uh right about that time from what i remember off the top of my head there was kind of like a purge of 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 people going in and out there as well so i don't know if they're yeah. just trying to fill Fill gaps as they could because I think around about possibly around about the same time, guys like uh, uh, Ken Caden and, and JD Wild are all coming in. Because oh, when I was doing yeah. the results, there was a lot of names I was going, Who's this guy? I think I think <laughs> <laughs> cheers, cheers. <laughs> um, I think I think like Kenny was in Australia at the time, so he was out. Uh, JD was uh, still there. There was other guys there as well, like Stephen, uh, was was I think he was uh, had one of the mid card titles at the time. Uh, he was, I think he was, he was there at the time. Uh, so I had, I had obviously just, just came in and I think they were like, they were needing people to put on shows and they were looking for people to be ready. So they were just like, he seems adequate. Let's push him onto the show. So I think that's, that's how I got put on. Uh, so what are your biggest rivalries? Uh, so before I get into that, uh, what was your first impression? So you did you have an athletic background? Um, so was the actual uh, stop, rest, would, set goes on that? Kind of okay. Not not really like um i was in high in high school i was always like somewhat like slim and i was always kind of like um i could always like had decent ish cardio i want to say like because i started going to the started going to the gym at like 16 and i was like um i'd always do like cardio stuff because i was i was scared to go to the weight room at that age because there's big strong men there and i am not a big strong man um but no i would always do like cardio and stuff like that when i was younger so I was okay when it came to like doing the cardio stuff when it came to training. I think where I struggled with was like a lot more of the like heavy lifting aspect of it. So like to begin with, I <laughs> my scoop slams are horrible. 
but like I just think it's obviously with more practice that kind of came with it but I think to begin with my cardio was decent enough it was I always really... the case in high school anyway I just know all boys including myself we just ran everywhere so <laughs> cardio was was set. Well, like, like even like walking to high school and stuff like that but like in in general I wouldn't I didn't do like um I didn't like do much PE apart from like the mandatory stuff and whatnot I was always a much more like artistic kid I want to say like I like in high school like I did hires in art and drama so you can tell what I was mostly interested in uh yeah I, I was pretty much the same well except the drama bit because I just I just found that boring I, I, I think it's just cause maybe it's just the people I was with I don't know I just sat there just thinking I hate all this <laughs> let me just think- draw some pictures I'd rather do that Fair enough. I think for me, it was the idea of like improving with like my mates and just like pissing about in class was something that I really enjoyed doing. And obviously that kind of uh, transpired into me actually kind of liking acting by the end of it. And I guess you could say it has helped me in wrestling because wrestling is a like 50% acting, I guess. So you could say that. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a 365 day a year panto. That's pretty much <laughs> Definitely. what it is. Um, so the, did you find when you made your debut then, four months in, can't be quite uh, daunting but with that background and performing drama and, and performance and all that kind of stuff did you find it quite easy just to to roll I with think, the crowd i think in terms of being in front of the crowd when i actually got out there i was fine but beforehand and i'm like this with most like every matches i was i was like so nervous because again i think more so with my first match because it's my first match and i don't want to go out there and just like screw everything up if that makes sense um but no i think i think like um I was decent. I was like decent enough when it came to actually dealing with a crowd, and I think that kind of got better and better as I went along with uh, continued wrestling and doing matches. It also helped that I was in with someone that like is very good. I was in with uh, Jay, the Jay the Jackal, uh, and I feel like he actually um, for 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 I feel like he kind of like helped me and kind of like kept me along the right track in the match. If that makes sense. So yeah, I feel like that was at least a positive aspect of that. Oh, yeah, and the, and the crowd there, uh, from my memories, when I went to the shows uh, way back when, uh, they're, they're very, they're up for wrestling. They just want yeah. to, to see some wrestling. They're not that caring. They don't care that much about uh, who does what and, and that. They just want to see some some big, sweaty uh, dude slapping meat, uh, so to speak. So what are your, yeah. what are your big standout uh, rivalries there was with uh, Ian Ambrose, who um, was, was one of my favourites. Uh, when I was going down there, uh, way down to, to Dundee. Uh, so what was it like working with, with Ian? And, I uh, I always wanted to work with Ian. I remember when I first started, like I've always been really interested in like the technical side of wrestling, uh, to, like a lot of like catch, catch, catch can wrestling and stuff like that. Um, and I think Ian was one of the best people there at doing that style of wrestling. So, and it, I didn't get, a, I didn't get a chance to work with Ian for like until the end, until like midway through 2018. Uh, so I've been wrestling for about a year, I want to say like just about a year and a bit at that point and I remember like got pulled aside and it was like right we want you to do something with Ian and I was like yes because <laughs> um, I just because I just think it, Ian was someone that I really wanted to get in there with and kind of mash our styles together and I think getting the chance to work with him and having the, the chance to do like three different matches, all very different matches was like a really good opportunity for me as well for me because it was someone that I wanted to work with and I also think the matches kind of came together pretty well. Um, and of course 
Ian is is very much a, a promo guy as well. So you got to be a bit more creative with with uh, video editing with promos, and be able yeah. to actually do. He do doesn't. Some... He doesn't. He doesn't hold back from his promos as well. So it's like. I had to give him as good as he gave me. So I feel like in terms of promo as well, it helped me kind of up my game with what, like how I said and how I delivered lines and how, what I was saying in the promo, like the context of it really mattered, if that made sense. Absolutely. Was one of your matches at the Caird Hall? Am I right in thinking that? Uh, the first match was at the Caird Hall. The second was in Ardler and the third was at the Bonner because that was my last match. All right. So that's, that's three pretty... Um... I would say iconic, but that makes it sound bigger than it possibly yeah. could be. But it's, it's three, three uh, of the more special venues for that company. Um, so what was it like? I mean, uh, did you grow up around about Dundee? Was, was the Caird Hall quite like a... So, okay. so, so what was it like, no, like going into the Caird Hall uh, well, for, like, for that match? Like, I, I didn't get the kind of grandness of the Caird Hall that made sense to begin with. Uh, but then you get in there and you see it fill up and I'm like, oh, it's actually like there's a lot of, there's like a lot of people and like it's kind of like a big kind of nice venue as well. Uh, I think I really enjoyed it, but I actually genuinely think I preferred if, if you're talking about uh, venues in Dundee, I genuinely think the Bonner Hall was probably my favorite place to work for that company because it was just a lot more intimate. It was like a kind of like nice little entrance way that you like would come down. I just felt a lot more personal and intimate with the crowd so I really enjoyed that aspect of it oh yeah the, the Bonner would have been one of my one of my, one of my favorites to go to as well mainly well for two things mainly because I was coming down from Elgin uh so it was about I don't know two hours to come down here um and the Queen's Hotel was literally across the road so I could just go in dump yeah. my stuff and then go straight over and that exact same it's quite intimate that entrance way was really cool and it it reminded me of things like like uh, I don't know if you if you've gone back and watched things like Madison Square Garden Royal Rumble two thousand, yeah, and seen the same. I don't want I don't want to compare it to Madison Square Garden. Oh no 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 not at all. But the, like, the setup looks similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where the comparison ends <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, yeah, fair so your your loser leaves match was with uh, Ian Ambrose, of course, as you said. So. Was there a particular reason why you, you were saying to move on uh, or were you approached to say you're out? Uh, what were your thoughts going into that final match? Um, well, I'll let you in a little secret. I, like, it was supposed to be a lose or lose. I was supposed to come back. Um, uh, but then then I think stuff like stuff between me and the booker uh, happened and I was like, right, I don't want to come like come back to this company which worked out completely for the better um but i think but i think yeah that was kind of the case with that match but again i don't think it dampens on the match because like i think the crowd it's, itself is really invested in that loser leaves match uh looking back at it myself i've, I've looked at like i'm a almost critic when it comes to matches if, you, if you're gonna ask me about any of my matches i'll always be like ah, i could have been better in that i could have been better in this um, but I feel like in terms of the crowd, they're really invested in that. So I feel like the loser leave step did work for that. But yeah, um, I think I think for me pers personally, it's probably worked out for the better because obviously what's happened, uh, I think it's best that I've moved on. And like I feel like moving on has given me a lot, opened a lot more doors for me, if that made sense. Absolutely. How many times have I, uh, how many times have I said, have that made sense? If this is like a tally on this, I'm probably in the, in the double digits at this point. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of close that chapter um yeah. 
because we'll move on and we'll talk about fun stuff where we can actually say things. Uh, but before we, we close that entirely, uh, what was, say, one of your, couple of your favourite matches from that time? Outside oh, of the Ian Ambrose ones. Um, I always really enjoyed working with Stephen. Uh, I think, obviously, as we're a tag team now, I, like it's, I think working with him was always something I really enjoyed doing. Plus, he's up for anything. Um, and I think we kind of mesh really well. Uh, he's, he's a lot more flippy than I am. Uh, but I think him doing flips around me and me like just hitting him in the face is always a pleasant experience. I also I, enjoy, I also enjoyed working with like uh, Jason Zach Leon as well a lot of the, a lot of the time. Just just because um, I think we came in at the same time and we had kind of similar mindsets of we're new but we want to like prove that we're just as good as anyone else on the card. So we kind of came into came into that with that mindset and I think we kind of had some really good chemistry with our matches. Absolutely. Uh, right, okay, so when I first saw you properly live was for United Pro Wrestling. Uh, it would have been the Bucky shows because that's the only time I went to UPW because my folks live in Bucky, so it was nice and easy uh, to go to. Uh, so different environment, but very similar as in who was being used. So what was yeah. it like going in front of a, of a new crowd uh, for the first time? I think it, I really enjoy going in front of new crowds because it gives me a chance to just try stuff out and see what works, what doesn't work. I think at the time I was, I was a heel in it in, uh, in Dundee. So, and I think going to United Pro gave me a chance to work on my face persona because uh, I'm a big old baby face. So people, people, so when I got booked there, they were like, we're using you as a face, try and get the crowd really invested. So it was just trying to figure out ways to get the crowd invested and make sure um, I was doing my job correctly. Uh, which means I would, I would come out 99% of the time and go, come on, insert crowd name. Oh, the classics. I still do that to this day. Like, I'll come out and shout, come on, I need to change that. That's the one thing I need to change uh, post-lockdown. It's, 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 it's easy to do, though, because it's, it's how everyone knows who the good guy is. I mean, not everyone's going to be an absolute nerd like I am sitting in the, in the second row going, well, I've heard this guy, he wrestles in Dundee and he's also done it here. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone everyone else is going to be the exact same as, as it would be in, in the Ardler. They'll be going, oh, wrestler. Yeah. The good guy. He said, come on. Yes, he's the good guy. <laughs> so he must be. The other guy looks mean. He must be the, the boo bad guy. Uh, so, so, I mean, from that point onwards, you have done a bit of traveling around there. So what made you settle in Source? source wrestling from that point uh well i don't train at source i train at reckless oh right well <laughs> screws up my notes what made you sell at reckless then for your training <laughs> uh sorry if i've screwed up the flow of no 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 it's fine uh, if, you've, if you've listened to some of these you know that i don't have any flow for these i just kind of guess and hope for um, the best well i think i think we're reckless it was somewhere like um, I seen like a lot of people do really well in, and it was a place where I was where I felt I can go there and I can become a much better version of myself. Uh, and I think and I think it was a place like uh, Stephen and uh, Grum were wanting to go as well. And we all live in Perth, so it was easy enough just for us to jump in the car, share petrol, and go there. Um, and it was like one of the best decisions I've in terms of wrestling. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made because it was it. Like being there has gave me a chance to become a much better wrestler than what I was in Dundee. It's gave me a chance to explore different stuff and do stuff that I never thought I would be capable of doing. 
so yeah, it's like probably one of the best uh, decisions I made. I mean, Reckless really stepped up a lot over uh, from from uh, maybe a year after that they, they were kind of involved in Dundee, and then they just cut ties, and yeah. they just just went to new heights from that point onwards. Um, was it was it Michael Chase behind your training, or was there uh, like sort of my, combination? So Michael Chase took a took a couple of classes while I was there, but it was kind of go, it was kind of more going to Delson Dare and uh, Dicky at the time. Um, but I think training under all those guys was something that really, really helped me. Because uh, especially when I like, I'll I'll, I'll happily admit when I was in Dundee for a, for quite a bit of the time, I was I was quite cocky. Because uh, I think uh, I think within the promotion, a lot of people would just like beg you up and be like, "Oh, you're you're the best," but you're in that bubble, so you don't realize that you're not really. Um, so like going going to Reckless kind of it was a kind of made me realize that I have still have a lot to learn. But I was able to learn it from some of the best people that could teach me it. Uh, again, Michael Chase, who would blow you up in- instantly with all with all his drills and whatnot. And uh, I, f- but I think like just learning under them was really really good for me. Um, and Dicky is Dicky as well. Like in terms of like improving what I can do in the ring. Aspen as well. He's recently came in uh, to be a trainer. I think he's. Like I think he's kind of like especially helped me in terms of doing different stuff in matches and like opening my style to more different stuff. Absolutely, I mean in divers and and Aspen actually and, and Michael, uh, they've they've pretty much seen just about everything in in Scotland anyway, and and yeah. moving into across the UK. So if there's definitely a learning tree to go under, certainly it's it's the old adage of 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 uh, seeing what your trainers have done. Because why, why would you train under someone who's who's only worked in one place and never done anything outside of it? How would yeah, you know exactly. if they could actually do it? Do anything exactly. Good? Like if you get someone that's like has so much experience, then it helps so much more because you learn as like so much more from that. So from reckless, you won your first, and as according to my records, and I'm blaming the Germans if I'm wrong, your only uh, championship. Uh, it was the hardcore championship. Uh, I don't know if you kept a track of how long you held it for. Uh, seven seconds. Seven. I mean, that includes the three <laughs> count. Four. <laughs> four, se- four seconds. <laughs> I uh, thought you were going to big up to ten there. I was like, oh, double figures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, including including the free count. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, but sorry, I thought you said excluding the free count. I was oh, right. like, oh no, including the free count. Yeah, it went up to ten. Sorry. That's fine. It doesn't count until the three counts made. It, it, oh, right. it, it's still the time counts up until uh, that point. Uh, as, as anyone will tell you, my title reign as a hardcore champion was was absolutely legendary. I I lifted the title up, got a great picture, got hoofed in the balls, and then I and then I got pinned as 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 all the great legendary hardcore champions do. Absolutely. Does that go in with the question that Hannah sent us? Uh, so <laughs> Hannah is your partner. And she was very quick to put a question in to when I when I said you were coming onto the podcast, and it just she just put in capitals, ask him about when he broke his balls. When did that happen? Was that related? How? Tell me more. <laughs> Cash remind back to twenty eighteen. I am nineteen, going on twenty, and at the time I started. I uh, wanted to expand my horizons. I started training in a school in Glasgow. Um, and so, and at the time it was like they did induction classes and whatnot. So obviously I was in there with a different trip with a 
lots of different people who didn't really who this was like their first experience uh, of wrestling. So uh, there came to one class where they were doing uh, cross bodies, and if you're doing a cross, and if you take doing or like taking a cross body, uh, if you take it specifically, you can do like a scoop action, or you can do uh, like most people would normally teach it, where you like put your hand between their legs and uh, your other hand like underneath their head, and that's how you catch them. So. Um, I, I was uh, given the crossbodies, some of these uh, trainees. Uh, I was a trainee myself. Uh, and I went to give this, this one gent a, a crossbody, but I think he got a bit freaked out at this, uh, at this, at this tall, tall, fully grown adult running throw pelt at him to give him a, to give him a crossbody. Uh, so, <laughs> so he kind of didn't want to take it properly. So he, instead of catching me, he just kind of folded his arms so his elbows were pointing out. So I obviously came down, landed uh, on my never reasoned on, on, on his elbow. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, that doesn't feel too good. I didn't think much of it. I just felt like, oh, it was, it was a kick, uh, a bit, bit kick to the balls. It's fine. <laughs> then a couple of minutes later, I was like, right, I need to go get my train. Bear in mind, I live in Perth. Glasgow, probably about an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes away from Perth. So I go, and I go to the bathroom, uh, check on myself. And the best way I can describe it is like you've put a melon to an orange. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was, uh, was severely, severely swollen. And obviously, I see that. I'm like, oh, no. I start freaking out. So I go to leave. I don't say anything. I start walking to the train station, which is like a 15-minute walk away. Bear in mind, I'm in very loose-fitting joggies as well. So I'm getting all kinds of look. Is he, is he stealing fruit, that boy? Like, I'm, I'm getting all... So I'm still freaking out. So I phoned Hannah, and it was like, I try and explain the situation. Because at this point, I think I'm going to lose one of them. <laughs> um, so I phoned Hannah. I'm like, I'm like, nearly, I'm like, nearly in tears. Uh, I phone her, and I'm like, uh, uh, this happened. Uh, am I going to die? And Hannah just starts pissing herself down the, down the end of the phone. She's laughing. She's like laughing hysterically. I'm nearly crying. Um, so I, ha I hang up. I, I phone up uh, the doctors and obviously I get myself a wee appointment uh, there by the time I get back. So I go and get the train. Uh, I get some awkward looks from the conductor. Uh, I then get back into Perth and I get a taxi up to uh, PRI. I always have to phone my mum and explain the situation, which is a fantastic experience for me to do. Um, so I get there, and I'm like, right, I'll, I'll, I'll get seen in like half an hour or so. Bear in mind, it's like 11, 11, 8, 11 uh, p.m. by the time I get there. I do not get seen until half past three in the morning. Jesus. Uh, to, be, to be fair, though, it's like um, they did, it was a very busy night, and NHS is free, so I can't say anything. Sure. Yeah, uh, uh, but by the time I do get seen, I'm obviously really wanting to get home and just get to my bed. So I, uh, this is a long story, by the way. Uh, so I so I get so I get so I get checked up by the doctor and he starts fondling me and he's like, "How does injury occur?" And I was like, "Oh well, I was I was training to to do rest to to do wrestling in in, in Glasgow," and he's like, "Oh, do you know Jack Chester?" And I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> oh. so so he was he, he was a fan. Um, he was a big fan. He was a big fan." Um, <laughs> So, so I, so I explain, so I explain, yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's how this happened. Not Jack Jester, that's not, you get the point. Um, so, 
so he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then goes back, comes back, and he's like, yeah, we're going to have to take you to Nine, Nine Wells. And I'm like, I just want to go home. <laughs> um, so I then get transferred to Nine Wells via ambulance, and I get put, put into a ward um, where I was the youngest there by about 50 years. Um, and then, so I get a little bit of sleep at that point. I think I sleep from like seven, from like seven till, till eight or something like that. And I get woken up by this huge muscular doctor. Um, and not, that doesn't have anything to do with the story, but just a massive guy. Um, and he's like, right, we'll, we'll check you, we'll check you up. Uh, we have some student nurses here though. Can they, uh, can they be in for this? I'm like, and I'm like, don't have much of a choice. <laughs> so he starts um, again fondling, fondling my my male genitalia, uh, and has all these students sit there and start taking notes, um, which is probably looking back at it is hilarious. But at the time, I was mortified. So then I go and get like an ultrasound, an ultrasound on them, um, which was again a horrific experience. And just to be told, oh yeah, it's just severe bruising. You can go home. <laughs> I mean, from, from what I take away from that, at least the doctor knew about wrestling to start off with, so you didn't get that bit of embarrassment to go with it. From to go wrestling, <laughs> yeah. The first, the first one did. Having to explain it to the second one, and they looked at me, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." I I cannot compare it to anything. I mean, when I when I broke my I broke my elbow in like three places, so I was really stupid. I I thought I could jump off a child's roundabout drunk <laughs> I couldn't and I was way too old to be able to try but yeah I had the same thing with the students and all that kind of stuff and they asked me oh how was it done and I went well I I tried to jump off a roundabout I failed clearly so <laughs> here we go here, here, here it is I would, um, I, would have much, I would have much preferred to tell that story than, than have what happened a man elbowed me in the, in the genesis <laughs> uh a good end to the story, though. Uh, nothing was amputated, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, there must be like a little split second. We went, we're going to take, take what? Where you can take? Where you taking? Where you taking off? What? <laughs> Nine wells. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whew, <that's... laughs> there was a, there was a bit of relief, but at the same time, I was like, I just want to go home because then I had to obviously. They didn't give me an ambulance back to Perth. I had to make my own way home. <laughs> so. <laughs> That was that was an experience. Like my like that injuring them, and I think I broke my pinky, which was nothing really too severe. Uh, that those are the two injuries I've had, and boy, what stories I've got to tell from them. Thank you, Hannah, for bringing that into the Twitter uh, for, for for us to hear about because that I don't think I'm going to get a better story in this in this uh, round of recording. Uh, Lou did. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Well, the, the last recording I did was two days ago, and it was, it was Lou recounting the time where uh, a thousand people in Aberdeen uh, called chant, chant that he had a nugget penis. So you know, there's <laughs> where there's, 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 there's a common theme with all of this. <laughs> there really is. I mean, more than less than dinosaur chat recently. It's just all been about the gentles and. It's, it's not testicle, guys. Let's just move on with the, with the story. Right, okay. So, that happened. Uh, <laughs> you're reckless. I don't know how to move on from this. Uh, so, that kind of opened 
I'm assuming that would have opened your door, the door with Source then, because they, they kind of work quite closely uh, with each other. Um, of course, divers came from Source as well. So yeah. where did the team with Stephen Miles come from then, the Fierce City scenes? Uh, well, I think when me and Stephen started, we always kind of talked about we'd like to do a tag team. Um, just because I feel like we know each other really well. Like he's, our, he, he's my wrestling dad, as I always call him. Um, even though he is only about three years older than me, <laughs> but um, I feel, but like he's one of my best friends in wrestling, and I think just being able to do a tag team with him was something that I was, we both kind of really want to do. Me more so than him, I think. Uh, but I, th- but like uh, I think we kind of got given we in our very first uh, match for Reckless, um, or uh, second match even. Uh, we did a fatal uh, like an elimination fatal four way with Rod Mills and Theodores. And in the match, uh, we kind of got to show some double team stuff that we did. Uh, again, it was just kind of coincidental. Oh, these two are in the same match and they're working together. Then we end up hitting each other as most wrestling wrestlers do. But um, I think uh, the booker seen that and was like, you, you two can, can maybe work, uh, work together and kind of get something from that. And I think it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, me and Stephen's dynamic really work, <laughs> works really well. Well, I say that, but I'm the one that gets beat up most of the time and he comes in and does all this big flippy stuff. And I'm like, cheers. Uh, so from that point onwards, of course, you teamed a little bit in Reckless. I think when I was looking, looking at the German site, uh, you, you end up facing each other as well. And in between the interim of that, I suppose, just in the, uh, what's, what's the word, nucleus of the Fair City Saints. That's not the word, but well, the, I was going yeah, to was the first word that came into my head. I thought that's not right either. I, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think I think we did a we did like a like a match at I want uh, probably Galladay, and it was just like a it was a really fun experience because it was like oh two tag team part, but again the crowd didn't really care that we were tag team partners. Uh, they just want to see some wrestling, so we just kind of did all the kind of cool stuff that we like to do with each other. Again, I always like working with Steven. He's easy to work with; just does anything. So it's, 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 it's all, all good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, officially came a team and they started challenging, obviously, for the, the Reckless Tent tag titles. Um, unfortunately, hasn't been successful as yet. Uh, then you're entered in the, the Source Tag Team Tournament, which hasn't really went anywhere just yet. Yeah. Uh, but one of the matches I wanted to kind of pick up was yeah, you guys against More Than Hype. Um, um, what were your thoughts going into that? Going into it, I was really, really excited. I think you can tell in the promos that I was like, oh, uh, big, get to wrestle some big names from, from, from uh, uh, OTT. Uh, I was like, I was really looking forward to it. Uh, and the guys like Darren and uh, Nathan are lovely, lovely guys. Like they're, they're so easy to work with and so easy to get along with. Um, I think for me, as I've said previously, like I'm my own worst critic. So I think looking back at that match, I'm always like, uh, I could uh, could have done so much more, so much more here, so much more there, and I think that I'm going to be like that with everything because like you can, like you can never really look at a match and be like that's perfect. I feel like you always want to pick up like what you could improve upon, uh, but I think for me, I take that to like the, the ninth degree, and I'm always like ah oh, that could have been better, that could be better. I think Hannah gets sick of me as well because I'm always like, did you notice my eye contact uh, split nanosecond here, and she's like, no. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I am. But they, again, I, I really enjoyed working with them, and it's a great experience for me. Uh, unfortunately, they did kick us out of the tag team tournament, so I will never forget them for that. But um, 
yeah, no, I really enjoyed working with them. Uh, am I right in thinking it was it was in Govan? Am I totally making yes, that up? Oh, yes, you God. are. Right. So uh, I've I've met, I've spoken to guys like Grant McIver and ADM, and I've just got to mention again the Govan crowd is one of the most insane well, crowds I've ever seen. That was that was my first experience of the Govan crowd, and nothing could have prepared me because um, uh, it was booked as like a face versus face. Uh, <laughs> Darren and Nathan went out first and they got the crowd up. So when me and Stephen came out, they always like, they're the bad guys. We got booed out of the building. And I was like, oh no, how do I deal with this? There's like, there's literally like a pyramid of just toddlers giving me the finger as I'm walking around. And Stephen comes around and I'm like, dad, help me. So I give him a hug and I'm like, what's going on? Um, I feel I feel like throughout the match I'm like trying to be a bit more a bit more heelish, but um, I think just from like I I feel like again that's something I need to work on just kind of like adjusting to how the crowds, uh, what the crowd's giving me and like uh, working on the fly to how the crowds is responding to the match. I mean, you're dicing with death coming out in orange. Uh, just start off with. Oh, I didn't I didn't think about that. <laughs> Stephen 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 came up with a gear. I had nothing to do with that. So. Blame him. <laughs> uh, so was there any inspiration? I mean, of course, of course uh, Fair City, Perth. Uh, but was there any inspiration behind the Fair, Fair City Saints name? I can actually, I can remember when Stephen, uh, Stephen, Stephen came up with the name. Uh, but I can remember uh, we were sitting in the hospital. There's a common theme with me. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It was um, uh, Grum had broke his, uh, I think he broke his nose or something during the uh, Reckless Rumble. Um, so obviously we had to take him to, after the show, we had to take him to uh, PRI to get his nose like realigned. And I think when he went away, me and Stephen were just kind of speaking about different names we could use, what, what we could use going forward. And I think Stephen like started thinking of like different stuff uh, to do with like Fair City. And it was like, what about the Fair, like, the Fair City Saints? And it kind of gave it to two reasons. Like one, sorry, excuse me. One is um, the local football teams like... Uh, the Saints so that kind of went hand in hand but also um, I'm a massive CM Punk fan as anyone will tell you uh, I think uh, it was like oh, I, can't, I can't remember the name of his uh, tag team McCock Cabana but it was like it was something it was like uh, the Second City Saints or something Second like that. City Saints that was that was it so I think we kind of took that and was like that could be actually really cool and that's the genesis of uh, Fair City Saints and to be honest I didn't really like it that much to begin with but I feel like as the response it's gotten, a lot of people do like it. So I have grown to love it now. Um, just when, when you're speaking about your relationship with, with, with Stephen, I've just got, because I spoke about Spider-Man before we, we hit record, uh, I've just got that that meme in my head of uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales from Spider-Verse. And <laughs> you you in the like the the toy gear behind him, yeah. just, just going, yeah, yeah just yeah, listen. Well, he like, he's, he's like tried to be like, right, you, you need like, because um, he does a lot of like, big kind of flashy moves like 450 uh topic on Hilo, uh like a springboard enzy and i feel like I, I do do some stuff but not as extravagant to the extent that steven does it and he's always kind of like trying to push me to do more stuff so hopefully when more stuff in the vein that he does so hopefully uh when lockdown is is hopefully moved away in the distant distant memory uh i can try and again evolve my style to implement more kind of high flying aspects 
Uh, but yeah, def- definitely that that meme is, is definitely me and Stephen's dynamic. Uh, make me the the fair city machine guns instead, and you can just do all the the cool tag names, uh, tag stuff. <laughs> I'm a massive fan of them as well. So fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Uh, so we'll move away from, from wrestle just for a second because you're not only a wrestler, uh, you're also doing all right on the YouTube. Uh, I think you could say. This is good. This is this is when I sound like a real old person um, when I say things like the YouTube. Uh, so you do the, the video game reviews. Uh, you also do a couple other things because the first time I, I I spotted your what was it. Oh, it was starting yeah. a series, the Alex Web, Web or something like that. Web's, Web's World, Web's World. World. Uh, Excellent. Oh, that video has been long privated. Um, I think, like as 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 anyone who like does YouTube, they'll, they'll tell you, like your first videos will be bad. Like I get, like it's un, it's like you don't really know what you're doing, and you'll look back at it and be like, "That's really cringy. Why did I do that?" And I think it's the same for me when I watch back like Websold or anything, because it was it was just me trying to be like being the elite. It was me just trying to emulate the young bucks and what they were doing. Um, I, plus, I didn't know anything. I might I didn't know anything about editing, uh, sound like sound design and how to make everything kind of mesh well together. I want to say, yeah, no, it was watching that back. You can see like sparks of stuff, but uh, no, it's a horrible, horrible video. As as someone who uh, did. Uh, web series called Ask Billy on YouTube, where I edited it and recorded it on a PS3. I absolutely understand all of that, and I on a PS3. Yeah, I did all my editing. I create and uploaded it from there as well, and they have long yeah. disappeared <laughs> because it was just so bad. And I, 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 rate, I, I rate the I rate the uh, the try though on the PS3 especially. Like, I didn't enough. have a laptop. I had to go, I had to do it on the PS3. I, I didn't have to do it. Nobody had to see them. Uh, but yeah, it was a very interesting time. I had an i camera. I create and just did everything on there, including downloading clips, putting them from uh, sources on on the web browser. It was a lot of work for not a lot of of uh, views. But uh, so you started with Web's World. I really, I really enjoyed it because I contacted you not long after it went out and went, can I put it on my site? It's gone, by the way. You're, you're, you're safe. It's definitely off the site. Lovely, thank um, God. <laughs> but uh, what, what would you decide to to move on from Web's World, um, which you know, tough loss for us, uh, to doing the video game reviews? Well, as I said, as I said at the very start of this, uh, uh, I really, really like video games, as most people do. But I feel like. For me, I've got like a real passion for like game, like wrestling, video games, especially, and like uh, Spider-Man games as well. Uh, I think I can't get rid of I can't get rid of Spider-Man. He's he's always there. Um, but like I've got like a big passion for stuff like that, and I feel like I was kind of just like with YouTube, uh, as you said, like I was doing stuff, and I was like, why is this not getting any views? And I was like, I kind of realized I wasn't really that good, and it wasn't because like a lot of people do like. What I started doing was it was like playthroughs of games. That, uh, so I would like play a game. I would have my audio over the top and then I would cut it up and I would put it, uh, post it on my YouTube and I'd get like 40 views, give or take, in like a, in like a month or so, in like a month or so. And I would be like, oh, why is this not getting any views? And so I kind of like sat back and I started like thinking, what do I actually want to make? Uh, and a YouTube video is a lot like a wrestling match in a way because you've got to, You've got to have a start and a finish and you've got to kind of keep your audience invested throughout and figure out ways to keep them invested. 
Um, and I think that's where kind of reviewing games and giving my own kind of thoughts and opinions kind of came from because that allowed me to script out videos and allowed me to you to kind of evolve my editing and put like jokes in there as well. And I think that kind of started working a lot more for me. Uh, and I think it's kind of evolved from there and just me kind of being stupid about video games and putting in far too many memes. And that's how my YouTubes have, have, has evolved. Uh, yeah. It's uh, anyone who hasn't watched them, which I'm be surprised. I'm just going to move, move uh, someone up on my little podium here just because we're speaking about him now. Uh, there's a little Spider-Man here. Both of them. Oh, I'll just I'll just pop him here as well. Yeah. So I've I've got a few I've got an iron spider here as well, uh, which I put back in the box because it looks prettier in the box. And I've lost. I, I got I took all the rest of them out of the box thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just display them. I'll never want to put them back in the box or anything. But now I want to, and I've got rid of all the boxes. So Fair that's super annoying. Anyway, right. So um, the ones that obviously caught my attention would have been the wrestling ones because I'm a big wrestling nerd. And mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're really slick. How, how long does it take you generally to put one together? Uh, the first, like, if you're like, I feel like my videos have kind of like, but I add more stuff in now. So it takes me a lot longer to just get them edited. So like, say, um, say, say the recent Spider-Man one I did, I think back in December, it was me uh, looking at the Spider-Man PS4 game. And that one took, I want to say, like, about a month to do. Like, just from terms of scripting it uh, and editing it. I think, I think again, if I didn't have other stuff on, like, obviously, I've got my college stuff course to do as well, because that's, like, uh, final year of that. So I can to get stuff done for that as well. But mostly it takes about a month or a bit more to get done. Uh, my first one, my first ones probably took about three weeks or so, but like now, now they take about like a month or so to get done because I'm just I'm far too pernickety with how stuff looks, and I'm like, oh, there needs to be a joke there, there needs to be a meme there to keep the audience engaged and keep them watching throughout. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there there absolutely are slick productions, and uh, is, is there any particular reason you choose a game at a time, or is it just one you've been playing? Go, oh, I could do something about this. Um, uh, you did. Uh, the backyard wrestling games as well. Uh, oh, fantastic games those are. Um, but no, like, I think it's just stuff that is like, I think could work well with what I'm currently doing. Uh, so like, say a lot of my viewers typically like wrestling stuff and wrestling games because a lot of them come from, I think my biggest video at the time is um, currently just now is, it's either a video I did reviewing the uh, TNA Impact game or comparing Here Comes the Pain to 2K19. Sorry, excuse me. And um, I think they all, like, because both of them have about 50k each. So I think, if, like, they've all my kind of viewers have flocked from there, or at least a huge majority of them. So I think I kind of, like, I kind of thought, right, if I want to kind of keep them, keep them around, make sure they don't unsubscribe, uh, I'll keep on pushing out more wrestling content, because, again, that's the content they want to watch. But I'll also intersperse it with stuff that I really like. So I think uh, I wanted to do a video on Saints Row 3 because the remaster just came out. So I did a video on that. Um, I've always wanted I've always wanted to do videos on Spider-Man games because I've got most of them. So like I've wanted to do one on Web of Shadows, uh, both the amazing Spider-Man games. I want uh, I want to do Spider-Man 2 versus Ultimate Spider-Man, see which one's better from that. But again, I've also got um, different ideas for like uh, I want to do the Arkham series as well. 
uh, just looking at different, I guess it's pretty much just like superhero type video games and uh, wrestling type video games is the stuff that I would like to do and like focus on. But it's not really, not really stuff I'm playing. It's just like, yeah, that would work well. I want to do a video on that. Or I'm like, ah, I've got a really funny joke I can put at one second in this video. Let's make a whole 20 minute video out of it. Uh, your one on 2K20 was uh, a particular revelation, saying it is, that was my kind of first foray during this lockdown period of what am I going to do? Uh, I'll play 2K20. I'll do that on Twitch. Oh, wow. Absolutely. I did, pain the I did appreciate I did appreciate the uh, the creator wrestler you made of me, though. I, I, that is, it's very accurate, apart from the fact I do not have a six pack. So, um, but no, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd say issue with uh, yourself as I did with Emily Hayden with getting a face because unfortunately in your pictures you like to smile a lot and uh, 2K20 doesn't like that. So <laughs> I, was, I was spending most of my time just every time you put up, not to be a stalker, but every time you, like uh, a new uh, photo had come up on like your, your fan page or something like that, I'd go, can I use it? Can I use it? Can I use it? Yes, uh, take that one. <laughs> go on. Fair enough. I, t- I typically don't like when it comes to photos, I don't like to take them too seriously. Uh, most of them will either be wrestling ones where my fringe is back and you can see my hairline going back to the top of my head. Or um, you can or you can see, uh, or it's just me making a goofy expression as all my my roommate hates it. The, uh, the rose picture of me like that, because I use that for every video and he absolutely hates it because he's seen it way too much. <laughs> And it was almost used for the thumbnail as well. <laughs> well, I think I think if, if 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 you're promoting me as a wrestler, it's probably not the best idea to go. This guy. <laughs> That's why I thought I was gonna. I wasn't even gonna ask you. I was just gonna do it, and I thought <laughs> maybe I should just make sure he's got a wrestling one before I do it. <laughs> I if you, if you put it up, I wouldn't mind it. Like I'm not. I don't tend to take stuff too seriously, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, so you've mentioned it several times, and I've mentioned it as well. Yeah, you have quite a love for Spider-Man. What began that love for Spider-Man? Was it Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire, <laughs> yeah. and his beautiful, beautiful face. No, uh, I, I think, I think I like uh, as anyone. I started watching like the ninety, like reruns of the nineties animated cartoon, and um, which has thought, the second then, best theme tune ever for a cartoon, in my opinion. Spe- Oh, which one? Which one would you say has the best? X Men like animated series. Yeah, fair, fair, very fair. I would have said like the best Spider-Man one is the spectacular, uh, spectacular Spider-Man series. Uh, if you've not listened to that, I would urge you to go and listen to that because like it's a bot. Write it down. There we go. Um, but and it's, and also the full uh, full series is on Netflix. Just if you want to go watch that as well. But um, the. I think what really kind of reaffirmed my love for Spider-Man was watching the Sam Raimi trilogy. Um, as a kid, I didn't really appreciate the films that much, but I seen, I seen Spider-Man was like, oh my God, this is so cool because it was actually him swinging around and it was in real life. Although I think as a kid, I was quite, I was scared of a lot of stuff. Uh, quite, a wee, quite, a, quite a wimpy kid, I would say. Um, but I, I remember seeing like uh, the, the spikes come out of his like finger, you know, like in the first film, it zooms into his... Uh, to his thumb and you see like the little prickles come out of his finger that allow him to like crawl up the wall um yeah that freaked me out as a kid i mind i would look at my hand and be like there's nothing coming out is there <laughs> um no but like i just i love i love the films all three of them to be precise because the third one is a masterpiece and i will not hear otherwise um i will argue with you I, I i the oldest spider-man film i don't like is amazing spider-man 2 
yeah, yeah, fully agree. Um, but no, I, I, I absolutely adore the, the uh, Sam Raimi trilogy. And I think I rewatched them recently. And I think that kind of made me love them even more. Because like, just from a film perspective, like the way everything's shot and like how he kind of, Sam brings in his like horror film-esque roots to it. So like um, he did the Evil Dead beforehand. And like, there's, a, there's so many scenes in like his trilogy where you can kind of see that. Uh, in his in the films like the, the the biggest one that comes to mind is the uh dr octopus scene where he like wakes up in the in the infirmary and they're trying to like cut off his arms and his arms just go absolutely mental murking everyone in the room um <clears throat> but no i i absolutely adore the all, all the films and I, th- I just think that just the memes that i can make from it are, are definitely um definitely a highlight but also from a filmmaking aspect like i just love the interpretation of peter of uh, peter parker um, it's, it is a bit hard to see uh, that Peter Parker as like a cool talking Spider-Man, but I get that interpretation of the character is like a lot different from what like he would be in like the comics and stuff like that, and I'm open to that. Um, also, I will hold this to this day, uh, still the best looking like symbiote like Venom effects in the third one, because in the actual Venom film, like and that came out in 2018, horrible effects. Sam Raimi's Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Three looks so much better. <laughs> I watched Venom quite recently for the first time and I was like, I like Tom Hardy. I like that. That's it. That's <laughs> all, I was all, I watched the film and went, no, I like Tom Hardy as Venom. I'm, I'm all in for that, but the rest yeah. of the film could go. That, that could just I, I, go just, I just think that just from that film, they didn't really know what they wanted to do. Like, I feel, I feel like most people are like, right, we have alien slime. What do we do with it? Like, and I feel like not a lot of people really know how to handle that character, especially when you when you make a solo film about him and you don't have Spider-Man in the film, who's such an integral character to Venom. Pretty much, yeah. It's like, it's like oh, what we could do? Well, Spider-Man, no, we can't do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> I just I just think it was a it was a tonal mess and it was missing aspects. A lot of people would be like, oh, it was like an R rating, it would have been better. And like, sure, there would have been aspects that would have been better, but I feel still feel like the film wouldn't have been that good. Uh, I had to run a bad film so that because I watched. I mean, Spider Man Two, which has just oh god, it just didn't go anywhere. And then when it did, it ended. Uh, and the same with Batman v Superman, which started before it finished. And it was I just remember. Like, I remember watching Batman vs Superman. Sorry, Evan, I cut you off straight away. Straight, straight no, away no, there. That's fine. Um, I remember watching Batman vs Superman in the cinema. I oh, and god. I was like, I was like. Oh, this is this is this is all right. This is this is uh, this is not bad. Then about half an hour later, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is all right." And then and then it gets to the point where Bruce is, where where Superman's like, "We have to get to Martha," and Batman's like, "Why did you say that name?" And I'm like, "You've lost me. You've really lost me." <laughs> oh, I was just like, I was I was like watching it going, "Yeah, I still haven't seen the last ten minutes of it because I had a pirate copy and it cut off before the end." Um, so I still haven't seen the end of it. So then it could be incredible. Uh, but I was just watching it going, all right, okay, I'm getting this. They're all coming together. Let me think of Justice League. Oh, either way, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. Uh, it was like, oh, it's, it's, all, it's all getting together. It's all going, uh, who's that guy? And Dark Side turned up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did he come from? That was, that, was, that was Justice League, I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen Justice League, but... Uh, oh, no, wait. Was Doom, Doomsday was in uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, it was, Dark was Side. Yeah, Wolf yeah. something... Bane, not Will Spain, that's that's Harry Potter. Uh, big, uh, big grey villain, as most superhero films tend to have these days. Obviously, yeah. 
that's good bug me now. Uh, not enough for me to Google it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, DC films generally, other than Shazam, is the only one I've, I've liked out of that lot so far. So go back to Spider-Man. Spider-Man's way more fun. Uh, <laughs> so what what are your thoughts then, Sam Raimi, uh, doing Doctor Strange? Uh, it's very, very interesting. I, I hope that, like, because I feel like, I do like a lot of the Marvel films, but I feel like stylistically, Sam Raimi has, like, such a unique way of making a film and shooting it and putting it together. Uh, like him and Edgar Wright are some of my favourite directors just because the way they edit stuff together and how they make the most mundane things seem interesting is like really, really fascinating to watch. Um, but I feel like, I hope him making the film, he gets to make a Sam Raimi film instead of a Disney Marvel film, if that makes sense. Because they're all kind of like, I feel like all the Marvel films stylistically are like kind of meshed together for me. Like if you showed me a, a, a frame from like the first Iron Man film, and then you showed me a frame from Infinity War, I'd be like, oh, one looks better, but I would still think they're like somewhat in the same film, somewhat the same film. I don't know. I think they've learned to take chances with uh, things like Guardians of the Galaxy because it, yeah, it yeah. was very different. I yeah, mean, now, now they're all kind of the same from that point onwards, but uh, that was kind of the first tonal shift, I think, in style. I think, uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy definitely, in terms of like how it's shot, how it looks, was such like a drastic departure. Uh, departure from what they were doing i was like oh this looks really cool so yeah like i get what you're saying yeah have you watched wandavision at all i haven't actually i do i do need to get around to watching it but i was just going to watch i was just going to wait for it to all come out in one block and then i would watch it okay that, that's fine <laughs> i think i think i'll help you with, with your if you have any concerns about a multiverse thing I think WandaVision I, might might help and might make it all worse for you. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible. I, I'm watching it weekly. And I even had to take a slightly extended lunch break because I had to watch it on Friday during the day so I could go online because Twitter is a barren hive of scum and villainy that will yeah, just it's, it's tell di- you what it's, dif- it's difficult to like not get any spoilers for anything when it comes to like films or TV shows or even games on Twitter. So I tend to stay off that most of the time. A horrible place. Uh, right, so we'll go back to the fan questions then. Uh, otherwise, we will just speak about Spider-Man for the next hour. <laughs> um, Aspen has come to... You've probably seen a lot of these already, but if you don't yeah. go on Twitter that much, we, you may be saved and not see many. Uh, Aspen's asked why... He's asked, asked why I'm such an inspiration to him. Well, um, I, I don't know how to answer this... Uh, <laughs> With, with a joke so I'm just gonna answer it honestly uh I feel I feel like in terms of wrestling I don't know I don't think Aspen realizes this but he has helped me a hell of a lot in terms of like coming out of my shell and not be and not staying in my comfort zone like he's like he, he offers like moves and sequences that I can do and it really kind of helps me helps me like build up my confidence one within the ring but it also helps me like craft my own kind of style of it and also uh I think in terms of like like photoshop and editing like he's all he's he's like a master class at photoshop i would like to think i've gotten pegged for editing but it's it's constant like competition between that uh aspen uh, um, he'll know this if he's listening to this but he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever uh, at this moment in time I've, i think I've, I've i've said that countless times that he doesn't need to hear me say it again uh but he he, he has if he is listening um yeah, he's just one of those guys. He's the only guy who's made me cry at a wrestling show, and he's just one of those guys that just could do just about everything, but doesn't seem to know he can do it. 
he's just very nonchalantly good at everything, which I can see, I can see why people hate him when when he's a heel because he's just so it's just yeah. so bloody good. Anyway, right. That's, that's the Aspen love over. Uh, Ian Skinner, we're into the meme section of this uh, part. He's put, ask him what's better. He's going to expect me to do an impression of all these as well. <laughs> uh, uh, on it, on it, to, to your best ability. Okay. To your best ability. I'm so glad that, that my wife is not here to hear me do this out loud. Uh, so, bruh, uh, my name is Jeff. My wife... And I'm not doing that last one. Longest yeah boy ever. What's better? See, he, he's gave me the most difficult question I could possibly answer because they're all god tier. They're all so good. But I think, I think bruh, just, just pitches the, pitches them at the post. I think bruh is, is top tier. Uh, and I've used it in my videos, so I have to say it's the best because, uh, no, I just, that, that's probably top tier, top tier meme. Uh, also, uh, for my birthday, Ian did message me uh, a video saying, I'm going to give you what you deserve. And he just said, bruh, down the mic. So, you know, <laughs> I have to say that now. <laughs> that sounds like such an Ian Skinner thing to do. And I've got him coming up uh, next, I think next month I'm interviewing him uh, for part two of, of our chat. And I'm going to I'm gonna have to really do some meme uh, research because I was so lost last time I spoke to him about it. Um, I just... And it's, it's, it's the one that won the award for the best podcast in season one. It's just me going, I don't know what you're saying, Ian. I will, I will say, I will say, uh, Ian has a lot better meme knowledge than I do. Like, he, mess, he messaged me uh, out of the blue, like, at the start of lockdown, like, saying, oh, I like your videos. And then we just kept on, like, sending memes to each other. And that's how a beautiful friendship was formed. Um, there's, there's stranger ways to create friendship. So I just imagine I'm just in the dead of night with a little, like, trench coat, got any of them memes. And what's the new meme on the street? Just no, like he's, he's opens, young, he wouldn't say that. <laughs> opens, opens up coat with a ton of different like PNG images. Like that, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so Manlin, he didn't really have a question, but he did reply to it. But I just want to read it out anyway. Uh, he just wanted to let you know that your videos are helping him finish his essays. Uh, it's on a repeat, repeat playlist with Austin Eruption and thank you. <laughs> uh, now you said it. And that's obviously how it's said, Cadigris, yeah. uh, an Austin eruption. Uh, so he really enjoys your, your video content that he puts out. So it's a weird getting those that feedback. Um, it's weird in general seeing people enjoy, like as, as for, most of my, for most of my time on social media, I've never been like a kind of big popular person. And like, I've, it's kind of weird to see more people like, kind of find my videos and comment oh this guy's like really funny or this guy's editing's really good or like this video is like helping me get through something because I'm just like to be honest I'm just making videos that I find funny and that I like to make because uh, I like typically I don't think I'm that funny so to see people be like oh I was laughing all the way through this or like I really enjoyed this video it's really really weird it's nice don't get me wrong it's lovely to see but it's so weird to see that kind of interaction with my stuff um, um. With you and your social media, uh, I, I do remember Hannah constantly tweeting that she's been trying to get you onto Twitter. Uh, so I'm glad she did, because then that's kind of how I properly discovered your, your stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, so. uh, fun, funny you should mention that. Hannah didn't get me onto Twitter. Um, <laughs> I was bullied onto Twitter by Stephen and Grum, and Kwaku for that matter. 
because um, I think it was just because I did a podcast with uh, Kwaku uh, breaking down like the Source Tag Team tournament, and I just wanted to interview every like uh, tag team in the comp in the competition. Uh, and I think afterwards, Kwaku was like, "You need to get a Twitter," and I was like, because at the time I was like, "Ah, it's just it's, it's a pain in the arse to build up a following on Twitter." But I think it's done me a world of good. But I was bullied into it by Stephen and Grum uh, as we're sitting, I think it was in McDonald's of all places, sitting at McDonald's as Grum and Stephen would not let me leave until I made a Twitter. So I made, so I made it and I got a message from Hannah about two minutes later saying, oh, so you'll make one when Stephen asks you, but not when I ask you. Well, if your dad asks you to do something, you're more likely to do it. <laughs> That's just the way the world works. <laughs> No, I was I was forced into Twitter, but to be fair, it's it's done me a world of good. It's, I've been able to like reach out to more people and like interact with more people, and it's a it's a different platform to obviously uh, promote my stuff. So it's all good. I just find it a lot easier nowadays. I, I've got I've still got the Facebook, and I put and ironically enough, the videos that I put out get more views on Facebook. But I don't use Facebook. I use Twitter for everything now. I just find it easier. I can mute people, and it's great. I don't have to see them speak ever again, um, but that's just because I'm antisocial and don't. This is this is my this is my social time over Zoom, not face to face with anyone. <laughs> great. Fair enough. Uh, so Grant McIver, he's got quite a few uh, technical questions about your gaming. Uh, how many platinum trophies do you have? Uh, off the top of my head, I have. I want to say I've got all of them for. For, I've got a platinum trophy for Uncharted Two. I want to say, oh, uh, I, I want one for one for Spider-Man PS4 because of course I do. Um, all the Telltale games, but again, they're easy to get a platinum trophy on. Um, I mean, I'm looking behind me to look at the games I've got there just to see which ones. The Outer Worlds, the Outer Worlds, I have a platinum trophy for as well. I want to say that's about that's about it because I was on Xbox until PS4. So yeah, I think I've got like 55 last checked, but a lot of them are really rubbish games and uh, or Lego because I love I the Lego games. I tend to like if it's a game that I really if it's a game that I really enjoy, I'll platinum it. But most of the time, I cannot be arsed doing all like the little like, oh, go collect 500 newspapers, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my Platinums look really good because I've, I've played Lego games from the PS3, PS4, Vita, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, Ratchet and Clank, I'm trying to get the last couple in because I've got everything. It's just really stupid ones like Complete Erase and Under This Time. And I'm like, I'm rubbish yeah. at racing games. Like, it's, all, it's, it's all like <laughs> the tiny little insignificant things I don't want to do. I'm like, uh, I've enjoyed You've taken my money. I've enjoyed the game. Don't make me do anything else. <laughs> Absolutely, and then and if you do something like Spyro, oh, the, the Reignited Trilogy, that annoyed me, because I finished the game, great, check my trophy list, 23%. Like, yeah. No, I finished <laughs> it. Let me finish it. No, you have to do this level. No, I don't want to. don't like them either. They're stupid flying ones. Nah, can't do it. Flying and racing, I can get rid of them from all games. Uh, he's also asked, most hated video game level? Um, this isn't from like a bad game per se, but like to Platinum Uncharted 2, you have to play it on like crushing and brutal difficulty. Now, I don't know if you remember, but there's a train mission where you have to like scale up the train and you have to shoot people and whatnot. And oh, God, <laughs> I, I was there for two hours trying to get past that mission 
because uh, she died in like two hits. And I, I, I don't typically rage that much, but I nearly needed a new controller at the end of it. Like I was, I was pulling my hair out, which is bad because I don't have a lot left. So, uh, man, I, I, again, right about the start of lockdown, when uh, PS4 or PlayStation were nice enough to put out the Uncharted trilogy for free. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I played through the first one again and I absolutely loved it. And I was going to run it through on like the hardest difficulty. And I got about three three levels in and went, no, nah, no, nah, it's not fun for me anymore. It's, I'm just going to the second it's either that or uh, a, a friend uh, dared me to play Alien Isolation on the hardest difficulty. And apparently I hate myself because I did it. And it took me about 20 hours to beat it because, like, on that difficulty, the alien has about a sixth sense because it catches you like that. And I was gone most of the time. Just... And plus, I don't, I don't handle well with horror games. So that <laughs> thing creeping up on me all the time was not a pleasant experience. Yeah, I'll avoid it. I, I played Fallout uh, New Vegas, maybe, I think it was. Went into a bit, uh, something screamed at me and jumped on me, and I thought, control it down. Yeah. That's not getting played anymore. And thankfully, I borrowed it. So I'd like, I, it's not mine. I haven't lost money out of this. It's, oh, I know I don't do horror games at all. Uh, it's also asked, favourite, I'm surprised how good this is game? Um, I'm actually going to go with. I did a video on Rumble Roses and I expected that game, like if you've looked at that game, it's just, um, how can I put this in a PJ way? It's very sexual. It's just a, it's a full game with just fully uh, women wrestlers, but it's so over-sexualized. And I was like, I thought this was just going to be the most misogynistic game I've ever played. And to an extent it was, but in terms of gameplay, it actually played really well. I'm sitting here like, I'm not going mental, am I? Am I enjoying the big? The, the, am I enjoying the big anime girl game? What's going on here? I, I had that. Well, I had to buy. Obviously, I had to buy it covertly um, when it was <laughs> when it was on when when the game used to have the uh, game station. I actually used to have like the four for ten pounds. I spotted it. I had to put in like a, a stack of games, so I didn't look like a pervert. Um, yeah, I was. I was. I was. Right. I, was live, I was staying with my mum at the time, uh, and the game arrived. For some reason, she took it upon herself to op- to open up the to open up the mail, and that's the only time she's ever done it. And um, she knew, and found <laughs> the game. So when I came home, she was like, "Oh, your your, your PS2 game arrived, Liam." I'm like, "What one, mother?" And she's like, "You know what one?" <laughs> now nah, my mom's my mom's sound. She didn't really care that much, but <laughs> it was still funny to see. It's, it's like she she must have picked up and went, "I sense I need to open this." <laughs> I think like the package was somewhat see-through, so she's seen what I'm assuming was something uh, quite, quite sexual. So, just a, a faint outline of a breast, and I'm like, no, 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 I need to know what this is. I'll have that filth in my house. Uh, <laughs> and he finally asked, best tactic for getting gift subs. Um, I uh, think he to, got... to me when I read that, I just think, do people get free subways? How? <laughs> anyway, I think I think he thinks. Uh, because gift subs is a Twitch thing. Um, subs on YouTube is just like people will subscribe. Gift subs is like something someone will give to someone. So you get like, so like um, in a Twitch stream, if someone like gives you a sub, then that's like you're giving the person money as well. You give them like the streamer money as well. I'm not too sure. Uh, my roommate does streaming as well. So he'd be better to bear asked than I would. But in terms of YouTube and getting subs, like it's difficult because 
I don't, I still don't really know because recently, like, I've been getting like a thousand subs per every 10 days because one of my videos has just started to get rank upended more. Um, but in terms of getting subs, it's just, just make content you're like passionate about, just make videos you're happy with. Like, that's the best thing I can say, and just constantly improve what you're doing. And then people will see that, see the effort you're putting into it, and then they'll sub subscribe to you. Because if you make if you make bad videos or like low quality videos, someone will see that and be like, ah, I don't wanna don't wanna bother with this. But if you make like something someone will engage with and something someone will be like, oh, I really like that. I want to see more from him. That's the best way to get subscribers, or at least that's how I've got subscribers. Yeah, that's a uh, good answer. Yeah, so, so I don't know. My, my subs have kind of sat the same for a wee while. Occasionally a couple will come in, but I suppose I mean my content is is it's a niche because it's wrestling. Yeah, it's a niche within a niche because it's Scottish wrestling. So that's or, or actually no, the niche within it is British. Then the niche within that is Scottish, and then I'm not I'm not interviewing the the guys that are on NXT UK and that. So it's not yeah. like I'm I'm speaking to. But like I've always appreciated like uh, SWN because you give like smaller wrestlers like guys like me, uh, Ian Skinner, um, Umar Mohammed. Like you give people who don't necessarily have that like as big a reputation as some guys are on NXT UK and you let them like give them a chance to like speak and like give their opinions and whatnot and just promote them as a wrestler so it's, it gives a really good opportunity to like younger guys on the scene so I've always appreciated always appreciated you for that that's what it's here for um I mean I, I'm just well otherwise I'm just rattling about the who's by myself so I'll be as well do something and uh this is this is what I've ended up doing uh, which could be good or bad, depending on, on who's watching. So Alistair Ad Adams asked, why does you, why do you like getting larrated by him so much? Uh, there's a very, very simple answer to that. I don't. <laughs> um, nah, but like, in terms of working with Alistair, like, I, I feel like he's probably one of the main people when lockdown's over, when and if, I want to get in the ring with Alistair and have a singles match with him, because I feel like Anytime we have like a training match or anytime like we speak about wrestling, I feel like we bounce ideas off each other and I feel like we could really do something quite special. I would just like, maybe not, maybe saying something special is a bit over the top, but like um, we could put on a good match effectively. And, I, and um, I feel like it would be, he's one of the guys I'd really like to get in the ring with. I feel like it would be a really fun experience besides getting hit with a lariat. Uh, and we've got Shinaku has asked a bunch of questions as well. Uh, what other games do you like playing? So outside of wrestling and Spider-Man, we'll go with. Um, at the moment, uh, through through YouTube, I managed to get in contact with... Uh, have you ever heard of Journey of Wrestling? Oh, yeah. OSW Review did a bit on it recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they they got in contact... they seen my video on SmackDown vs. Raw, and the developer gave me a... said, oh, he, liked, he liked it and wanted to offer me a key, like a key for it. So he got, in con he got in contact with me and I was like, yeah, sure, man, I'd love to do it. Uh, hopefully I could get around to making a video on it. And he was like, he was like oh, yeah, that would be, that'd be great, man. Just giving me your feedback on it. So he gave me a key and I've been addicted to that game for about a week now. Um, I'm, booking, I'm booking AEW versus, versus uh, WWE, New Japan, Impact, Orange Cassidy is, is, is my, my, my world champion. Zack Sabre Jr. is, is my uh, TNT champion. So no, I'm having fun with that. I'm having fun with that. Do like look of it, so I think I might, I might try and give it a go at some point. Um, they've also asked, "How did you get started in the wrestling business?" But we've covered that one. Uh, the, do you watch the Dark Side of the Ring documentary series? 
Um, I do watch it, but I have to be in the mood for it because it is so depressing from time to time. <laughs> like, I've, if, I, if, I want, if I'm in the mood to, to listen to, to murder stories or listen to how seedy the wrestling business can be, I'll watch it. But if I want something a bit more light, maybe stay away from it. I know, I, I've tried. I've tried to watch it, but what kind of spoils it for me is how it's, like, the interviews and that's great. It's not a great subject, all that kind of thing. But where they do the the smoky bits with the actors in the background, yeah, yeah. pretend, I look at it and go, that looks awful. I can't. <laughs> I can't watch this anymore. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind that bit, but like, I feel like if they're interviewing, if it's a really interesting story, so say like, um, so say like the first two episodes of season two. I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name, um, but it was on a very specific wrestler who 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 uh, who murdered people. Um, but I really that's not that's not narrowing it down. Sadly. <laughs> oh my god, it's not as well. Um, People, people as well who've watched it know who it is. I'm not going to spoil it, um, but like it was really interesting to see like leading up to his death and after his death and all the fallout from that and what happened with the business. Also, just like watching stuff to do with New Jack is always interesting to me because that man is a fever dream of a human being. He, you look at his Twitter and it's like ramblings. It's like his ramblings, which which have been mixed with a cocktail of LSD, cocaine, and massive brain trauma, like. He's like, I, he, he's a human cocktail of a man. I do not know what to make of him, but his Twitter is some, is, is hilariously good to look at. And he's got cameo. I think that's a that's a dangerous combination. Oh, I might I'm, I might just ask for a cameo. <laughs> like now that you've mentioned that. <laughs> um, Kwaku, he didn't really ask anything. He's put uh, ask you about your YouTube channel because you're a popular dude. We've done that, so that's fine. Uh, Dean Ford. Uh, Actually, to be, before well, before we talk yeah. about uh, Dean Ford, like I've I feel like with Kwaku, like he he's kind of brought in a lot more of my YouTube into my wrestling persona, which I've kind of really which when lockdown's over, I kind of want to implement more into because everyone knows I do it, um, everyone knows um, that I'm quite passionate about it, so I feel like it'd be good to kind of implement that into my character. Uh, I've got a couple of nicknames in mind. I'm not gonna not gonna put them out here in case they get stolen. Ah, uh, no, I'm kidding. But like. Uh, I've, I kind of really want to implement more because he was the one that came up with the idea to like any, anytime I come out, he uh, he does weighing in at uh, how many subscribers I have at the moment, uh, like weighing in at three thousand subscribers, Alex Webb, That's and I'm like, cool. and I'm like, That's so cool. So like, thanks to him, I've kind of like been able to implement more of my YouTube into my wrestling persona. So obviously, when lockdown's over, I will hopefully get to mix and match more often. Absolutely. I mean, hopefully, because uh, Zach Ryder has recently just started a podcast going on about his Z uh, True Long Island story. So hopefully you got a bit more success than than, than he did and maybe a bit more Xavier Woods kind of um, standing. I mean, to be fair, Zach Ryder did do quite well with YouTube until he gave it to WWE and Vince was like, nah, we're just going to put it in the bin. Oh. Well, we'll and put you in the bin as well. <laughs> and now we're going to push you off the stage in a wheelchair. Oh, what a time to be alive to see that. That was just, yeah, but it, it's, I've just started listening to that and it's pretty much it. It, it went, I, I got a camera for Christmas. That was it. <laughs> he started it. So, you know, it works for everyone. But yeah, the likes of nowadays, especially, uh, you see up, up, down, down and all that kind of thing. So YouTube is a very uh, lucrative market to have. As, and nobody in Scotland, I don't think, really... Uh, has it as part of their wrestling character so much so it's definitely yeah. a unique, unique thing for you to 
I, I want I don't want to start doing it until I feel like my like audience is big enough that I can start implementing it into my character um I feel because I feel like I'm getting there but at the same time I want to be able to like say like I have this this amount of people uh and that's kind of like something that can bring forth a different dimension to my character like I've got this amount of people watching me uh if say I was a heel I've got this amount of people watching me who do you have like stuff like that or maybe um, just start looking at Logan Paul and Jake Paul and be like they're our souls how can I make myself an arsehole, you know? Um, or just go down the paparazzi productions method, come out with the camera and the old Alex yeah. Shelley. Um, yeah. Seeing as, he's, as you're a fan of the, the machine guns, it just kind of works out perfectly. Um, so Dean Ford did ask one of the more uh, pressing questions, which is I've got a feeling this is going to be a regular question now from now on. Uh, he's asked, what would win in a fight, one cow or two sheep? That's a question that's brought to me to my core. Um, I might, I might need to take five minutes to think about that. Honestly, uh, off, the, off the top of my head, I will say a cow for the sheer fact that body mass alone, a cow could just fall on the sheep. Like realistically. True. I, I was of the opinion of a cow can go upstairs but can't go downstairs. So if the sheep somehow get it to go up somewhere and then kind of team and push it off a ledge. <laughs> what? I, okay, off of all the things I thought about speaking on this podcast, pushing a cow down the flight of stairs was not one of them. This is the second time I've said this out loud and then I said <laughs> it again, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've said <laughs> ever. Two sheep team up to be have to have to team up together to beat a cow. Um, it's the answer is a cow, but we're I'm, I'm still pulling for two sheep. I'm believing in them. Uh, the last one is is our regular question, which is what's your favourite dinosaur? Oh, oh, I was supposed to. I, I knew this was coming. I was supposed to research it. Oh no. <laughs> um. Uh, oh. I don't want to just be generic and say a T-Rex or Triceratops, but I won't go for one of the goofy ones, but I don't know what the goofy ones are called. Well, like I said, I've, I've said people are just going, oh, he's going to tell the, his favourite ones, because I am. Uh, Turkey Dinosaur is a, a favourite. Um, Luchasaurus is also a favourite one that came up. And then you got your classics, your, your Triceratops, T-Rex, Ankylosaurus, uh, Stegosaurus. I've just played Jurassic okay. World recently, so um, I've got all of them in my head. Spinosaurus. I, I'm 100% not looking it up at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 goofy dinosaurs. Barney. I, I didn't, yeah, let's go, let's go with Barney the dinosaur. That's my favourite dinosaur. Uh, excellent. Right, so we'll, we'll just do one little bit more wrestling stuff because I've, I've got you, I've, I've had you on for quite a while now. Uh, so I'll do one more bit about wrestling and then we'll do socials and then we can all go in and uh, think about ah. the, the sheep and cow situation. <laughs> That's going to keep me up at night, honestly. That's going to keep me up at night. Uh, so I, I just wrote Discovery Wrestling down and I'm going to use my power of just remembering uh, to remember when you made your debut. And was it in the Reckless Raffle? Yep. The most recent? It was. Good. Fine. Right. So that was uh, all about the raffle event. Which So uh, I don't know how much they've given away, how it was set up, but where did you receive your ticket? Uh, what was your number for your ticket? What did you feel like when, when it was drawn? 
all the all the feelers because Discovery is one of the big companies in the UK. So what does it like make uh, your debut for them? I think for me going in like we can't we. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but we had an idea of what was going to happen beforehand um, in terms of like with the raffle uh, and whatnot, because we didn't like, we didn't come in with any specific, like we didn't come in at like entrances. Uh, it's not like a Royal Rumble. We just, we all started in the ring and each one had a number and then each number was given to a random person in the audience. And then that person would be, would like, if say, if say I won it, the person that had my ticket would have won a prize from the raffle. That's cool. Um, unfortunately, though, I didn't win it because I got uh, crucifix pile drivered and then thrown out the ring. So that was a pleasant experience. But um, on on a real like, I think for me, my wish list of like places I want to wrestle uh, consistent consistently, uh, Discovery's top. Like, because Discovery for me, like, it's such a like a great atmosphere to even just be security at because like everyone that goes there is so nice. Uh, the locker room's so lovely as well. Um, and I just, I feel like me and Steven could offer something as a tag team there. Um, I just would really, really like to just get in there with some of the people that Discovery books. Um, but no, Discovery is like the main one. I would also like to, like to maybe potentially uh, get a shot at WrestleZone or something like that. Those are on the wish list. But only time will tell. Absolutely. Uh, that seems like a really good way to, to move into the last little bit. Uh, but on to the tag teams, um, I really hope once things go back to some sort of normality as in for like mingling and crowds and what have you um they, they bring in a tag team division because i think it's just something that would just yeah just because they've had so many great tag teams at the end civil war uh, a couple of years back as well so i think the time's right maybe to, to get some discovery wrestling tag team championships uh, in and about um so thank you for speaking to me today i'm so glad that you have i, I like I said beforehand, thought, oh, we'll, we'll stick here about an hour, and uh, we're about an hour and a half in now. And oh, lovely. <laughs> like, like, like I say, if we, if we spoke about Spider-Man anymore, we'd be here much longer, but um, I'll, I'll leave you to have the rest of your day. So where can people find you on social media? Well, it is, it is uh, hang on, let me quickly check. Uh, on Facebook, it is the, I believe it's the Alex Webb, which I do need to change. On Twitter, it is uh, Alex Webb, Alex Webb 101. On Instagram, it is the same, AlexWeb101. And of course, on YouTube, um, it is AlexWeb. Uh, I'm the first thing that comes up when you type in AlexWeb. So, yeah, please subscribe because I uh, need all the help I can get. Excellent. But yeah, thank you very much for chatting us today. No problem, man. It's been like a lovely experience. Thank you.